what you're gonna say where have you been ryan why haven't you recorded a podcast episode it's been a couple weeks what's the deal wasn't even here for best bets two weeks in a row where have you been listen i know i get it if you want to be upset at me you can i know i have not come through the last couple of weeks it's been a busy couple of weeks okay a lot of stuff to do okay a lot of articles to write I went home for, I went back um, to my parents' house for like six, seven days, whatever it was for the holiday. Okay, I'm back in the city now, so we're ready to go. Uh, But a lot of stuff, okay? It's been a busy time of the year. The holidays are a busy time of the year, okay? I don't think I need to tell anybody else that. But stop complaining because I'm here now and I'm ready to go. And uh, episode 100, look at us. 100 episodes in what, two and a half years? Almost pretty much two, a little bit over two years, two years and like two months. I think it was like September 2019 I started this podcast, but look at us, 100 episodes later and fitting that we're about to talk about a Giants win. Actually, I don't know if that's fitting. I think it'd be more fitting if I was talking about a Giants loss, considering that's what I've mainly been talking about the last two years or so. Um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, but I guess it's a celebratory uh, episode 100, because we are finally talking about a Giants win. First one since week nine. Uh, Giants beat the Philadelphia Eagles 13-7. to And look, you know how I do these post-game reactions. I don't like to bore you with, oh, this person rushed for this many yards, this person threw for that many yards, you know, Kenny Galladay caught this, Darius Slayton caught... You know, I don't like to do that, because you've seen all the stats. You don't come to a podcast for stats. Okay, you Google them. You go on your... Score mobile app or ESPN, whatever you do. Pro football reference, ESPN, whatever you, whatever app you use. You don't come to a podcast for stats. Uh, but instead of talking about that, I want to discuss two different topics in and around this loss. Number one, the Giants offense. And I wrote about this this morning. Obviously, you can check it out at EliteSportsNY.com. Uh if you thought that the Giants offense was all of a sudden going to turn a corner dramatically just because they fired Jason Garrett and gave Freddie Kitchens uh, the offensive play calling duties, you were in the wrong. I'm sorry. You had another thing coming. They weren't going to turn this offense completely around just because the play caller changed. Because you need to realize, despite the fact that Garrett's out, which is what everyone seemingly wanted, and Freddie Kitchens, who was a senior offensive assistant last year, was a tight ends coach, obviously the former Browns coach, got fired after the 2019 season. um, Garrett out, Kitchens replaces him as the offensive play caller. You You need to understand the Giants still have an inconsistent offensive line. Shane Lemieux's done for the year. Nick Gates done for the year. Nate Solder not consistent. Will Hernandez not consistent. Not a great offensive line. Andrew Thomas is their best offensive lineman at left tackle. Which is crazy because a year ago we were complaining about him all the time. So they have one consistently good offensive lineman right now. 
Uh, Daniel Jones, not a consistent quarterback, still has yet to prove that he is the long-term answer at the quarterback position in East Rutherford. Uh, They can't really run the ball. Saquon Barkley had 40 yards on 13 carries. I know I said I wasn't going to name stats, but I have to make a point here. They can't run the ball effectively. And they're dealing with various injuries. Sterling Shepard can't stay on the field. Kadarius Toney can't stay on the field. They were short on tight ends yesterday. Kyle Rudolph didn't play. Caden Smith didn't play. Heck, the only guy that caught a touchdown was Chris Myrick, who was on the practice squad. So when you have as bad of an offensive line as they do, and as inconsistent of a quarterback as they do, who's only averaging, what, 220.7 yards passing yards per game this year, an inconsistent running game, and the injury-related issues that they have, a new play caller isn't going to change everything. Giants scored 13 points, gained 264 total yards. That's Garrett-esque numbers. Yes. Because that's what happens when you don't have a great situation on the field, on the offensive side of the ball with that offensive line and that quarterback and that running game and those injuries to those receivers and weapons. And a play caller isn't going to change everything. You know, Freddie Kitchens wasn't going to change this offense from Giants-level offense to Tampa Bay. What's it going to happen? Especially on a short week. They played Monday. They fired Jason Garrett on Tuesday. They played Sunday. What's it going to happen? If you thought that the Giants were actually going to score an absurd number of points and completely flip the switch on their offensive game plan, I mean, if they wanted to be more aggressive on offense, that's fine. I could see that. Because the play calling is obviously different because it's a different play caller. But if you thought that they were going to find much superior production in comparison to the production they found with Garrett calling the plays, I'm sorry, you you were in the wrong. They weren't going to just all of a sudden flip the switch on their offensive production. They still don't have a lot of great pieces that are healthy on the offense right now. You know, Barkley can't do much. He hasn't been able to. You know, the offensive line can't do much. Daniel Jones is limited. You know, the defense doesn't get overwhelmed because they have all these weapons, but not all of them are healthy all the time. Sterling Shepard hasn't been on the field since week eight. Kadarius Toney is injury prone. He's already proven that. Kyle Rudolph is injury prone. Caden Smith wasn't on the field yesterday. They were limited in weapons that they could utilize. So I'm sorry. I, I, I did not think, I thought the Giants would be a little bit more aggressive and they seem to be more aggressive in spurts with Freddie Kitchens calling the plays. But I, I did not think that they were going to be overly productive just because there was a new play caller. And they weren't. 264 total yards, 13 points. They needed a big game out of the defense. This seemed like 2016 all over again and 2020 all over again. And parts of 2021 as well, all over again. That's been the story of the Giants much of the last two years. So, the offense didn't look good. Got to improve. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I say that every single week because I do. So I don't know when that unit will improve, but it's got there's got to there's got to be a rhythm, and it's got it's got to start with them just getting healthy. They they can't stay healthy. That was what I was so worried about coming into this year was 
You know, you have all these weapons with Galladay and Shepard and Tony and Slayton and Engram and Barkley and all of them have gotten hurt at some point. You know, Galladay had, didn't play much last year with Detroit, right? Barkley missed almost all of last year. Both of those guys missed games this year. Shepard has had injury-related issues throughout his entire career. So has Evan Engram. So that was what I was worried about coming into this year. They have all these weapons that everyone's talking about. But can they stay healthy? Because a lot of them have had injury issues throughout their NFL careers. So, But they, they needed a big game out of the defense. And I will... I will get to my point about the defense. Um, but I got to, you, you know, this defense has to stay consistent is basically what I want to get across before I get to my defensive point. It, 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 listen, great game Sunday. Division rival. Picked off Jalen Hurts three times. Uh, Eagles turned it over on downs twice. They had the fumble from Boston Scott, the so-called Giants killer, late in the game that Julian Love recovered. Defense has got to be consistent, man. I mean, you can't go from look. I like this defense. I think it's. I think it's a Patrick Graham has done a good job. But you can't go from like, yeah, they played a great game against Philly, but then the week prior they, you know, gave up thirty points and over four hundred yards to Tampa Bay. They can't be doing that. You know, earlier in the year they gave up what? Dallas scored forty four points. I know there was a pick six in that game, so thirty seven, I guess. Gave up 38 points to the Rams the following week. When you have this bad of an offense that cannot find production, regardless of if Jason Garrett is calling the plays or Freddie Kitchens, you got to step up on defense consistently, like week in and week out. That's what needed to happen last year. That's what still needs to happen this year. Defense needs to be more consistent. But I tell you one guy who's been consistent and tell you one guy who's stepped up. And I bet you you know who I'm talking about. Xavier McKinney. Xavier McKinney, week in and week out, is solidifying that we are near the end of Jabril Peppers' tenure in East Rutherford. Jabril Peppers' contract is running out. They exercised a fifth-year option on him prior to last year. So he uh, his contract is running out, his rookie deal. He's been in the league for, what, half a decade. He's still on his rookie deal. Contract is running out at the end of this year. They'll either you know, maybe look to franchise tag him or re-sign him. And when you look at how well Xavier McKinney is playing in Pepper's absence and in Logan Ryan's absence too, Logan Ryan has missed two games because of positive COVID tests, you know, you start to say it's not worth it to bring Peppers back because if you can just get this sort of production out of McKinney on a rookie deal, then that's better value than re-signing Peppers to a second contract and running the risk of him getting hurt again and him missing time again. Peppers is out for the year right now. Peppers also missed five games two years ago in his first year with the Giants. He's injury prone. He can get he's, he gets hurt. He's proven that. Why re-sign Peppers to a second contract when you could get just as much production, if not more production, especially in the deep part of the field, which is more important considering it's a passing league, out of Xavier McKinney. And he's cheaper. He's on his rookie deal. He's got two years left in his contract after this year. Peppers has always been a liability in coverage. He's limited. Okay? He's a good run stopper. He's good up near the line of scrimmage. He's good up in the box. He's a, a liability in pass coverage. Xavier McKinney, who picked off his fifth pass yesterday, is not a liability in coverage. 
which is so crucial considering it's a passing league. Why take, why resign the guy who's limited in pass coverage to a second contract when you could just keep the guy who's not a liability in coverage on a rookie deal? Week in and week out with his play, not only did he have the pick against Jalen Hurts yesterday, but he had the crucial pass deflection, pass breakup on a third down play when the Eagles were driving their final drive of the game to try to tie the game with a touchdown and then go ahead with an extra point. Xavier McKinney had a crucial pass breakup on third down. I believe the following play was the fourth down pass that Jalen Rager dropped that ended it. He steps up, McKinney. He didn't play a lot last year. He was hurt for much of the year. Had the pick in the final game of the year against the Cowboys. And he stepped up this year. He's playing great. He's great in pass coverage. He's become a defensive weapon in the absence of Jabril Peppers and in the absence of Logan Ryan. I feel much more confident with the Giants moving forward, talking about next year, with Logan Ryan and Xavier McKinney, Julian Love also in the mix. And um, yeah, Peppers' tenure in East Rutherford is coming to an end. That's just how it is. Xavier McKinney's play, is it was already potentially coming to an end. There were talks of him potentially being, you know, he, he was sort of... Um, you know, I who knows that the team discussed this, but he was sort of, when you discuss potential trade pieces for the Giants ahead of the deadline, Pepper's name did come up. Obviously, he got hurt in Week 7 against the Panthers, so that shut the door in any sort of trade. Why would you trade for him if he's not hurt, if he's, you know, done for the year and it's his final year of his contract? Uh, so his future in East Rutherford was already questionable. Xavier McKinney's play in the Past couple weeks in the absence of Jabril has basically solidified that Jabril won't be a giant after this year. So we can have this conversation again in March when free agency occurs and maybe they bring him back on a short-term one-year deal or somehow franchise tag him. I don't know why they would. But if it were up, if if, if I had to make the decision right now, if I was the GM, you know, you go with McKinney. Cheaper, not a liability in coverage like Peppers is. So where do we go from here? Giants-Dolphins this Sunday afternoon in Miami. Miami's playing great all of a sudden. You know, four straight wins. And now five and seven after starting one and seven. Who knows with the playoff picture? I mean, anything can happen. The NFL is a roller coaster this year. Roller coaster. All of a sudden, the Rams have lost three three in a row. Also, New England is like the best team in football. Kansas City was struggling for the first half of the year. All of a sudden, they've won four in a row. I can't, you know, you know the the Bills lose to Jacksonville, get killed by Indianapolis. All of a sudden, they come back. They look like the Bills of old against New Orleans on Thanksgiving night. I don't know what it's. So I don't know what to make of this Giants-Miami game. This is a couple weeks ago. I'd say the Giants could win this one. Uh, but, you know, especially they... they defeated Vegas, who I think is a better team than Miami. I think many people would agree with me on that. Uh, but I don't know. I I, I I have to figure this one out. I really do. We'll have a, pre- a preview episode on that. You know I'm back. I'm back like, you know, we're, we're going to get into the swing of things again. I know that Christmas is coming up and I'm going to have to go home for that as well. But, you know, we're going to get back into the swing of things. Best bets later this week. Giants preview for the Miami game later this week. I don't know what to make of the... Uh, Giants, uh, Miami game. It's 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 weird. Miami's a weird team. One and seven. Now all of a sudden five and seven. You know that they're 
in the mix, apparently, for Deshaun Watson, and all of a sudden, Tua's not playing bad at all. Played good against the Jets a couple weeks. A couple weeks, or, excuse me, last Sunday, a week from yesterday. So, played well um, in yesterday's win over uh, Carolina, 230 yards, 87.1 completion percentage. I mean, one touchdown, 108.3 rating. All of a sudden, he's not playing bad. So, I don't know what to make of Miami right now. Figure it out. Figure that one out later on in the week. But for now, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 100 of the Wide Right Podcast. As always, I am your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. Listen to and subscribe to the Wide Right Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart Radio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I apologize for the hiatus. We'll be back in the swing of things now. Um, thanks so much for tuning in and uh, talk to you guys soon.